what a covenant is. Remember, it means to cut and tell the flowing of what? Blood. And, and so we, 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 and we mentioned uh, you know, what a covenant is. We've, we've talked about the, the steps of cutting a covenant, the significance of it, that God reveals himself through the covenants of the Bible. We've talked about the different covenants. We, we centered in on the Abrahamic covenant. We centered in on, the, of course, the new covenant, which we live under. We've said some things about uh, the Mosaic covenant, the law of Moses. And uh, last week we showed you how the new covenant is better than the, the Mosaic covenant, the old covenant. We've taught you that the Abrahamic covenant is an eternal covenant. And Jesus ratified that with his holy blood. So, so we, we've covered so many things. But, uh, uh, but, you know, we need to understand that God is our covenant partner in the blood of Jesus. Now, that's a, that's a powerful statement when you think about it, that God is our covenant partner. And he's our covenant partner because he wanted to be our covenant partner. Remember, he sought us out. We didn't seek him out. He sought us out. That's a powerful thing if you think about it. And, uh, and he's our covenant partner in the blood of Jesus, if, of course, we've received Jesus as our Savior. And... Uh, and, and Listen to this. God has compound covenant names by which he also reveals himself to us. So he, refe- he reveals himself to us in, the, in his covenants. But he has compound covenant names. God does. Has compound covenant names by which he also reveals himself to us. Now, a compound name is one name with two parts. One name with two parts. As we'll see here today, the first part, as we look at God's compound covenant names, the first part states God's name, which is Jehovah. And that that means the self-existent or the eternal one. So the first part states God's name, Jehovah. And the second part describes what he does for us in covenant, as we'll see. Now, you need to realize God has many names. Many names. Now, I didn't say there were many gods. How many gods are there? One. One. Manifest in how many persons? Three. Three. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But, of course, God has many names. Have you ever been in here when I've taught? I teach, you can't teach it. When I've preached on who is this Jesus, and I give you those alphabetical lists of about five pages of all the names, you know, the Alpha, the Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last, Rosa, Sharon, Bright Morning Star, many names. God has many names, but there are seven major compound names by which he reveals himself to us in covenant. And actually, he has more than seven compound covenant names, but we're just going to look at the seven major ones today. Now, not only does God reveal himself to us through these compound names, but he has covenanted, now listen to this, he has covenanted, now now which is stronger, just a contract or a covenant? A covenant. See, a covenant has a contract in it, but a covenant is much deeper than just a contract. And God has covenanted to be the things to us which his names reveal. And that is powerful as we'll see. But think about that. God has covenanted to be the things to us 
which his names reveal, as we'll see as we go here. Now, let me say this. We live under the new covenant. And as I brought out last week, we have all the blessings of the old covenant, but better blessings because the new covenant is better than the old covenant. We brought that out last week. Now, I want to show you today through a study of the seven major compound covenant names that God is the same God of blessing to us today in the new covenant that he was to his people in the old covenant, okay? And remember the Bible says in the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, the old covenant, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. So let's take a look at these compound names. The first one, and I think we may have it on the screen for you so you can take a look at it, is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah, see there's a compound name. There's two parts. See, Jehovah, Jireh. Jehovah, Jireh. And that means the Lord will provide. So you see, God is our covenant partner, and he's covenanted to be our provider. Now, that's a good thing. That is really good news right there. And and go go with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. And uh, we'll read this first in the King James Version. And um, I've got lots of scriptures here today, so I'm going to give you as much time as I can to look these up. But uh, if we get to going a little too fast for you, you may just want to write them down and check them out later. But they'll be on the screen, and always I encourage you to write them down, check them out later uh, uh, in, in your Bible. But Genesis 22:14. 4, remember when God was making covenant with Abraham. It says, Abraham, Genesis twenty two fourteen. Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah what? Jehovah Jireh. Now, this is when he was up on Mount Moriah, and he was uh, getting ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. And we went through all that with you several weeks ago. And uh, remember, Abraham was about to plunge the knife into his son. And the angel of the Lord stopped him. And there was a ram in the thicket. And so on and so forth. And... Uh, and, 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 of course, then that ram, of course, represented the sacrifice who would come later, some 2,000 years later, who would be Jesus. But Abraham called the name of that place after that incident happened. He called that name, the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And actually that word Jehovah Jireh, it means the Lord will provide, but also means this. It means, it means one who will see ahead and make the provision. Isn't it good to know that our covenant partner has seen ahead for us and he's made the provision for us? And you see, he saw ahead and uh, he told Abraham to go to a certain mountain. Now, how many of you would agree with me? Abraham had to go to that right mountain, didn't he? If he hadn't gone to that mountain, the ram wouldn't have been there. We need to obey God. A lot of people, they don't want to obey God, but they still want God to provide for them. Well, if you want God to provide for you, you're going to have to seek him and follow his, his path. You understand that. But Abraham uh, sought the Lord, and God told him right where to go. And he had, uh, you know, he had uh, Isaac on the altar. And as I said, he was about to sacrifice him. The angel of the Lord stopped him and there was a ram caught in the thicket and then Jeho- uh, Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh. And, 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 and it means, look at, it, look at this same verse, Genesis twenty-two fourteen. 22, 14. Look at it in the New King James and, and it brings it out. 
Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. See, that's what Jehovah Jireh actually means. In, in English, it means the Lord will provide. It, it, it means the Lord, the one who sees ahead and makes the provision. So we have a covenant partner who is Almighty God, who has covenanted with us that he will see ahead for us and he will make the provision for us. And all we have to do, our part of it, is all we have to do is seek his face and follow his path, be led by the Holy Spirit. And if we'll do that, that's our end of it. You see, that's our, we're covenant partners. We have a part to play. Our part of it is we seek his face. We follow what he wants done. Through, he leads us through his holy written word. He leads us through the peace of the Holy Spirit, you know, or lack thereof. And we follow him. And if we'll do that, he's covenanted to see ahead for us and make the provision. I remember when my wife and I, we, uh, uh, the Lord directed us to get married, quit our jobs, and go to Bible school. Now, don't do that unless the Lord directs you to do that. Because if he doesn't direct you to do that, you're, you're probably going to go starve, you know. And nobody wants to go starve, do they? No, no, no. So we sought the Lord, and he said he'd let us get married, go to Bible school. We did. And uh, before we went, uh, we, we, we prayed and sought the Lord, and we, we'd made a list of, I don't know, there's probably eight or ten things on that list that we needed to have happen for us when we went, uh, as we lived here, right here in this area, but we went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, and it's about 400 miles away, and so we, we had about eight or ten things on the list that we had to have happen, or it was going to be tough. And I remember as we went down there, because we, we went down a, about a month or so before we actually moved down there, and when we got down there, it was interesting, it was like you could take that list and, and take a, check, uh, a pencil or a pen or whatever, and just I was just like checking, bang, 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 there was like all eight or ten things we had on the list. They were right there for us. And I, I said to Diane, now I didn't know then what I know now about God seeing ahead and making the provision, and... Uh, and I said to her, I said, it, it, I said Diane, it looks like, it, all, it almost looks like somebody came down here ahead of us and got everything prepared for us, and all we have to do is go show up. And then I found out it was God that went ahead of us, saw ahead, went ahead, made the provision, and all we had to do is seek Him and show up. I, I had a job down there that there's no way I should have ever had. I, I was hired on the spot with basically almost no interview, no nothing, to teach at Tulsa Junior College. I mean, you don't just walk into a place like that and get hired on the spot because there's usually a, there's about 2,700 people in line that want that job, you know what I'm saying? And I really technically, even though I have a good sound math degree, you know, I, I, I was more than qualified, but I didn't actually have the master's degree that you really should have had. Why did they hire me there? I don't know. Uh, well, I do know. It was who? Who did it? It was God. But you see, the point is, He was Jehovah Jireh for us. All we had to do was seek Him and show up where He wanted us to be, and the provision was all there. Glory to God. Now, he does that on, he, as in the Old Covenant. Let's look at the New Covenant and see if he's still doing that today. Well, we know that when Abraham provided 
that ram in the thicket, he made the promise, you know, and so forth and so on, that Jesus would come and all of that. We've talked about that. And, uh, and, and some 2,000 years later, God did provide his son on Calvary's cross on almost the exact same spot where Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. So that's very, very profoundly wonderful. But look at John 6, 6 verse 5. Look at John 6, verse 5. We're going to read this in the New Living Translation. We're talking about Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Let's see if he's still doing that today. Well, notice in, 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 when Jesus was here, look at verse 5, John 6, 5, New Living Translation. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. You know, God already knows what he's going to do, doesn't he? Philip replied, verse 7, Even if we worked for months, we couldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that with this huge crowd? And Jesus said, Tell everyone to sit down. And Jesus, he told them to sit down. So they sat down on the grassy slopes. Now the men alone numbered 5,000 people. Think about that. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And notice this, they all ate as much as they wanted. Is he a provider? Now, did, now, now this is 2,000 years, when he's saying this is 2,000 years after that incident up on Mount Moriah with Abraham, is, 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 did, did he change over 2,000 years? Absolutely not. I'm the Lord, I change not, is what the Bible says. They ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was, notice this, 12, after everyone was full. See, that's what God wants. He wants us to be full. Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. God's not a waster. He doesn't like to waste things. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets. Think of this. 12 baskets with the scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. So if you figure there's 5,000 men, so there's probably double it up with women. 10, there's over, probably over in the children. There's well over 10,000 people there. And they had just a little bit, a few loaves and a few fish. But Jesus blessed it and they fed over 10,000 people, conservatively, I'd say. And there was still just the scraps filled up 12 baskets. Now, now God's a provider, isn't he? Absolutely. And then if you look at Philippians, the fourth chapter, speaking to the church, which is who we are, Philippians 4.15, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Now, you have to understand, for God to supply for you, there are some things... You have to do. Remember, we're in covenant with him. And uh, there are some things, you know, when you're in a covenant with somebody, there's some things that he requires of us. And notice here, and we see, we see, we see how he provides. Look at Philippians 4.15. Paul writes, he says, You Philippians, he's writing to a church, a local church, know also that in the beginning of the gospel... When I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So, there was this one church that was the only church that supported the work of God at that time, at that, at that moment. And then notice verse 19. Notice verse 19. 
what, what Paul writes by the Spirit of God to this church. He says, and my God shall what? Shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, see, you know, it's tempting to go in there and just pick out verse 19 and just, well, my God shall supply all of your need. Well, a lot of people do that. They jump up and down, but they still never see God provide for them. And you know why that is? It's because they don't do verse 15. This is a covenant. This is an agreement between us and God. He wants to provide for us, but we have a part to play. And so what is our part? Our part is to seek his face, to follow his way, to go do what he wants us to do, and to support the work of God that he directs us to support. And if we'll do that, guess what? He will supply what? All of our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now that's Jehovah Jireh. Now let's look at the next one. Let's look at the second one. There's seven of them. Let's go through them now. That's the first one. The next one is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. See a compound name. And it's the Lord our banner. But actually the context of it is the Lord our victory banner. You know he, God is our victory isn't he? He, he? he really is. And look at Exodus 17 verse 8. Exodus 17 verse 8. It says, Amalek, who was an evil king, came and fought with Israel. And verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand. Now watch this. Moses says, tells Joshua, you go out and fight. Tomorrow I'm going to stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Well, you want Moses' hands way high, don't you? Verse 12, But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek, and now why did God do it that way? Why did Moses have to be up there? Why did he have to have his hands in the air? I don't have the first clue. But God wanted it done that way. And dear friends, when God wants something done that way, we do it that way and we don't ask questions. All we do is say, yes, sir. Can anybody say amen? amen. Verse 13, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. I don't want to be Amalek, but look at verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called its name what? The Lord is my banner. And, and wouldn't you, doesn't that have, carry a connotation of victory there? Absolutely. So God is our victory banner. He is our victory. And if he's our victory under the old covenant, let's see in the new covenant, go to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? So not only was he the victory banner in the Old Covenant, but he's still the victory banner in the New Covenant. I tell you, with that on the screen, why, I, I, that's just such a powerful verse. Let's all in unison read that together. Let's go. 
But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that exciting? That really is. And then in 2 Corinthians 2.14, 2 Corinthians 2.14, I really like this one too. Notice this. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Let's just read the first part of that verse together. Let's go. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Praise God. So you see, what's the point? He's Jehovah Nisi in the Old Covenant, and He's still Jehovah Nisi for us today. He is our victory. Here's another one. Jehovah Raha. Jehovah Raha. And that means the Lord our shepherd. The Lord our shepherd. Now, of course, if you go into the Old Covenant, you look at Psalm 23, verse 1. I think this is all familiar to us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Isn't that a wonderful verse? You know, the power of God came on David, the psalmist, and he wrote that. The anointing, the Spirit of God gave him that. And it came right out of his spirit, right out of his heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You think about a comforting verse. If that won't comfort you, I don't know what will. But you see, in the New Covenant, John 10 and 11, John 10 and 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And remember, in the Old Covenant, they were looking ahead. They were looking ahead. But here in the New Covenant, one of the reasons the New Covenant is better is we have we have, you see. See, remember in the Old Covenant, righteousness was accounted to Abraham. But here in the New Covenant, we become the righteousness of God. Yeah, I mean, it's a better covenant, isn't it? So, so, but in either case, can you see that Jesus is our shepherd, isn't he? He was their shepherd back there in the Old Covenant. All who would believe in him. And he's our shepherd today. If we'll receive him and believe in him and upon him. Now, here's another one. Jehovah, well, I was talking about righteousness, so here it is. Jehovah Sidkenu. Jehovah Sidkenu. Powerful. Compound name of God. Covenant name. The Lord is our what? Our righteousness. He's our righteousness. Now, if you want a verse from the Old Covenant on that, Jeremiah 23, verse 6. Jeremiah 23, verse 6. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. That's always good to hear. Now, this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our what? The Lord our righteousness. And that, how would you say that? I guess in the Hebrew, it would be Jehovah Sidkenu, uh, if that's how you say it. If that's how you say it. When you actually study the names of God, Jehovah, Yahweh, you really... You really, as it, it, you study into it, he's got a name that, that really human beings can't even pronounce. That's how awesome his name is. We still really haven't even figured out how to accurately pronounce his name. And I tell you what, his name is so holy, back over there in the Old Covenant, they, they would not, I mean, they, they wouldn't even pronounce it. It was that holy. I mean, you know what I mean? They, they approached it with great awe. And, and when the scribes, 
when the scribes would write, listen, the scribes, when they'd, when they'd copy the, copy the Old, Old Testament, when they'd copy it, whenever they, you know, they'd be writing along and whenever ever they'd come up on the name of God, they'd stop, they'd go, they'd take a bath, they'd clean themselves up, they'd purify themselves, and then they'd come back and they'd write his name. And then they'd continue writing on. And then as they went on, they'd come up on the, you have to write his name again. They'd stop. And then they'd go and they'd get, they'd take a, a bath or whatever. They'd purify themselves. And then they'd come back and they'd write his name. And then they'd go on, you know, transcribing the text. And then, you know, maybe three minutes later, they'd come up on his name again. Well, we just took a, we just took a bath. We just cleaned up. But there's his name. Guess what they do? They accounted it so holy and respected it so much that they'd, guess what they'd do? They'd go purify themselves again and then they'd write his name. Uh, I think we've kind of lost some of that here in the United States, haven't we? It's sad, isn't it? His name is holy. And, and, and you'll see people, and, and uh, have you ever heard anybody say, oh my God. Ever hear anybody say that? I don't even mean they're saying his name, you know, taking it, you know, uh, uh, in, in a cursing way. You understand what I'm talking about? But think about this, dear friends, even to say, oh my God. I think we ought to think about that. Have you ever, I mean, even Christians, and, and, and I've done it myself, and I've had, had, had the Holy Spirit working on me, correcting me. You know, something will come up. He's, oh my God. Have you ever heard anybody, oh my God. And they'll leave it, OMG. You know what that, you'll see that. I tell, I tell let, let's, all, let's all think about what those scribes did. When they come up on his name, what would they do? They, they wouldn't even write it unless they went and got purified. Now, I'm not saying you need to go take a bath before you say the name of the Lord every single time. But it, it is sobering to think about, isn't it? That's, how, that's who we're dealing with. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of His glory. Amen. The Lord our righteousness. Now, that now of course, in the Old Covenant, but here in, I tell you, one of my most favorite verses in the whole Bible. We're talking about Jehovah Sid Canoe here. 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of my most favorite verses. For he, God the Father, made him, the Son, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might, what, become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that a powerful verse? That's a powerful verse. Powerful verse. And again, as I said, it bears, I said it a moment ago, it bears repetition. Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness, we believe God and what? We become the righteousness of God. See, Abraham got righteousness on account. We get righteousness in, in, in actuality. It's like the illustration I gave you last week. Would you rather have a credit card with money on it or would you rather actually have that money in the bank? Because if you got money on a credit card, well, you can go use that credit card, but guess what? You're still going to have to pay that, that bill, aren't you? See, so Abraham had like the credit card. It would kind of nice, be nice to have God's credit card, would it? But we got something better than his credit card. We've got his bank account. 
Do you understand that? That's exciting, isn't it? So they had it on account. We have it in actuality. God, let's read that. That is so powerful. Let's read it together. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that wonderful? You know, if John Denver was here, what he'd say, he'd say, far out. Y'all don't remember John Denver? Thank God I'm a country boy. How many knows who John Denver is? Okay, okay. Ooh. Was he far out? (laughs) John Denver. I like his singing, pretty voice. You know, one of the prettiest songs he did was Annie's song. Just, just beautiful. You fill up my senses like a night in the forest. Let's stop right there. I pose no threat to John Denver. Hey, let's go on here. Let's, we've, got, we've got a few more of these. Are you learning anything? Are you getting a good review? Of, uh, if, uh, this is a good review. Studying the name of the Lord. You study the name of the Lord, you get healed on that. Do you know that? Absolutely. His name is healing. Here's, here's the fifth one. There's seven total. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. You know there's no place you can go to get away from him? Notice in Ezekiel 48.35. Ezekiel 48.35. All the way around. Huh? Going too fast? Oh yeah, the Lord is present. This is just an old covenant scripture to where this, this Jehovah Shammah is. All the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. Talking about the city, I believe this is, in the millennium. And the name of the city from that day shall be called what? The Lord is The Lord is there. You know he's omnipresent, isn't he? He's everywhere at the same time. There's no way, there's nowhere you can go to get away from him. There's no place you can go to get away from him. Did you know that? He's there. The Bible says that our life is open before him and he sees everything. In the New Covenant, Matthew 18, verse 20, Jesus said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am. He's the great I am. Jesus is the great I am. I am what? I am there in the midst of them. Now you think about this verse sometime. People say, oh, well, I just, I just like to be around Jesus. Just like to be around Jesus. He said, what did he say? He said, if two or three are gathered together in my name. Now are we gathered together in the name of Jesus? That's why we're here. We're gathered together right now in the name of Jesus. Guess who's here? Jesus is here. Where is he at? Well, he's in our midst. Now, I know he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But through his Holy Spirit, he's here. And not only is he here in our hearts if we're born again, all right. But, but, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, he walks up and down in the midst of the local church. He's right here. He's observing. He's listening to me preach. Making sure that I'm dealing it right. 
dividing it right. And if I don't divide it right, guess who's going to get on me? The Lord. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm there. We need to get a revelation of that. He's there. He's right here this morning. He's right here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And He's right on the inside of us if we're born again. I said He's right on the inside of us. I've, I, 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 since I got saved as a little kid, I know he's right, he's right there. He's closer than being inside of you. He's in you. I said He's in you. He, he goes with you everywhere you go. He's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. And then in Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is after he was raised from the dead. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, uh, teaching them to observe all things that I command you. For lo, I am with you. When? Always. Always, even to the end of the age. He's there. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, a brother can only be by your side, but Jesus is in you if you're born again. And, and I always like this verse here, verse 20. Lo, I'm with you always. Uh, I, I use that to die. Uh, I use this as, a, as a, a debate point when Diane wants to go fly and go on vacation. And I said, no, nope, no, nope, we can't go up 30,000 feet in a plane. Because Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. So we need to stay down here low, right low on the ground. No, I'm just joking. He's with you everywhere you go, even up there. All right, look at this. Number six, we've got seven of these. Number six, can you bear two more? Can you put up with two more? Jehovah Shalom. The Lord our what? And in Judges 6, 24, Gideon built, this is in the King James, built an altar to the Lord, and he called it Jehovah Shalom, if you read it in the King, New King James, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. And in Isaiah 9, 6, notice Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. peace. Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. So we see him as the Prince of Peace, the Lord our peace in the Old Covenant. Look at the New Covenant, Luke 2.13. Remember when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace, goodwill toward men. Let me say something to you right here. You need to understand this. Jesus, when he was preaching one day, he said, Don't think that I've come to send peace on the earth, but a sword. And people have asked me about that over the years. They say, doesn't that seem to be contradictory? Not at all. Listen carefully. When you read this right here in Luke 2.14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, that peace there is between heaven and earth between God and man and Jesus came to bring peace between God and man. Do you understand that? 
But when Jesus said, think not that I am come to bring peace, but rather a sword, then he went on and he talked about how people will be divided over who he is and that even households, the, the, the mother and the child or the father and the child will be at odds. Have you ever seen that in a household where a, where a child will get saved but the parents aren't saved, you know? And the child will have a Dickens of a time. Or you'll have a, a husband and a wife going along there, you know, and they get married. They're neither one of them born again, but one of them gets born again. And maybe the wife gets born again, but the husband isn't. And, and, he, and, he, and, and she's got a Dickens of a time. See, and there's no peace there because they're divided over who Jesus is. That's what he was talking about. But you see, he is the Lord, our peace. Uh, he came to bring peace between heaven and earth. Can you say amen? amen? And of course, in John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, I like this verse because God has given us, Jesus has given us his peace. We need to take him at his word. And he's saying here, I don't give it as the world gives. Have you ever noticed if the world gives you something, they might turn around next minute and take it right back. Is that right? But Jesus gives it for eternity. And we need to understand that. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Now as the world gives, do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's a good verse for all of us to live by, isn't it? So the point is, he's the peace in the old covenant, he's our peace in the new covenant, and then we'll conclude with this one, the seventh one. There's more than seven compound names, but these are the seven major ones. Jehovah Rapha, and that means what? The Lord our... Boy, I'm so glad he's a healer, isn't he? A lot of people, you know, a lot of people think that he's not in the healing business anymore. A lot of people think that he's stopped healing. But, you know, he's just as much a healer today as he's ever been. He's still in the healing business. If you've been around here for the last 25 years, you would have seen God heal right in this, in this auditorium. You would have seen him heal hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. He's still in the healing business. Absolutely the truth. Notice in Exodus fifteen twenty six. Exodus fifteen twenty six, and, and, and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, do what's right in His sight, give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes, I'll put none of these diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who what? Who heals you. Glory to God. Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord our healer. He's in the healing business. I said he's in the healing business. I said he's in the healing business. And there's much theology we could talk about in verse 26, but this morning I'm not going to take the time with it. I just want to emphasize to you that he says, I am, see one of his names, I am the Lord Jehovah Rapha, who what? Who heals you. And that Rapha, that word Rapha means, it means heal, all right, but it also means to mend by stitching. And when God heals people, do you know sometimes he heals people right on the spot, which we'd call a miracle of healing? It's just instantaneous. And then other times, uh, uh, he'll heal you over the process of time. The Bible says that Jesus said before he ascended up on high to be seated at the right hand of the Father, he said these signs will follow them that believe. And one of them was the believers will lay hands on the sick in his name and they would what? They would 
recover, recover, which can you see the men by stitching? So sometimes, what am I saying? Sometimes God heals you just bang, right on the spot. Sometimes the power of God goes into you and it's a process. But either way, I'd take either one. How about you? I said, I'd take either one. How about you? I said, I'd take either one. How about you? So see, he's a healer in the old covenant. But here in the new covenant, Acts 10, 38, notice this. How God anointed, the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. That's good, isn't it? And then if you, if you look at Matthew 8, verse 2, Behold, the leper came, worshiped Jesus, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand, touched him. Notice he didn't say, I'll have to think about it. What did he say? He said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Isn't that wonderful? And then, uh, of course, we understand that the last thing, one of the last things Jesus said to the church before he ascended on high, as I just said, he gave the ministry of healing to the church. He said that the believer would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. You see, he's still in the healing business. And then look at 1 Peter 2.24, 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree or on the cross, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were what? You were healed. Remember when we taught you about the covenant, remember what they do they take an animal and they cut the animal down the middle remember that and it split it open and and then the blood would flow and then they'd walk the two covenant partners would walk that that figure eight how many remembers that we, we went through that and then i told you that this word stripe here if you really study into it yes he was beaten many stripes but actually when you study it when they when they beat beat jesus his back was split so open you could have considered a singular uh, 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 one stripe in other words they beat him so bad that his back was fillet it was back was was just basically ripped completely open and you can see he's the lamb of God they split the lamb of God right down the middle and his blood flowed so that we could be covenant partners with almighty God can you say amen to that with his stripes we're what we're what we're what we're healed glory to God well stand with me if you would praise God thank you Lord Jesus for your goodness and for your mercy we bless you we 